<laughs> my dad says you're in graphic magazine and unsolicited texts and reminders of yes. what you can see in the magazine sometimes. <laughs> the old National Bank talk and text line is blessing and curse. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Eight twelve on Wisconsin's Morning News this Thursday morning. Greg Pancake Hill produces this program. Eric Bilstead, Vince Vetrano here with you until 9 o'clock this morning. Then it's Steve Scafidi. You know, the 8 o'clock hour is a little bit looser format than our first few hours here. And so how we work it is Eric and I talked through the morning about a number of stories that have been in the news. And it's like there's something that we want to expand on, something that was interesting to you that stood out for I think probably different reasons. You and I are both hung up on the, what do they call it? Granternity. Granternity. So offering a, what we used to call maternity or paternity leave, except for grandparents. Yeah. And that some major businesses are doing this as a way to keep older workers on staff and still employed, still part of that company, as opposed to having them say, all right, well, then I quit because I want to spend right? more time with my grandkids. Because so many older, so many, uh, Older Americans are still working. So many older Americans are helping take care of their grandkids. And so many older Americans are needed. There's a necessity for them in the workforce as well. What fascinates you about this story? Like Eric was hung up on it all morning. I think there's something there. I think, I, <laughs> I think it's, it's never, I Actually, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I never thought of this before, that this could become the next thing companies do to attract and keep a well-qualified, a, a good employee that they want to make sure they can retain. This Now, we're at this point now where, hey, you got to help everyone out. You know, we, we talk about the, the flex schedules. We talk about the beanbags, all these different things. And now you got to offer to your, to your older workers, if you will, the ones that have experience that you need to keep, hey, okay, we'll give you two weeks since you're also taking care of these kids. I think, to me, that's the interesting part about it, is that employers are – making efforts to keep those older employees, those who are closer to retirement age, because for so long, the conversation was about companies pushing people like that out. Yeah. Listen, these guys are higher up in the salary range. They've been here a long time. Maybe they're not as productive because they're old. Maybe their thinking is old. You have younger management moving in going, right, right. these old guys, what do they know? Yeah. And, and the, you always had a criticism of companies pushing people out, people aging out of the workforce right. for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like, hey, I want to work another five, seven, ten years, but my company is, I, I can see they're pushing me out. But isn't that amazing that we've gotten to this point where this is something now being offered by multiple companies because that many Americans are taking care of their grandchildren. I don't get the impression I get that this isn't just a, hey, this is a nice thing so you can spend the next two weeks flying to Nebraska to see your grandkid for the first time who was just born. I don't, I don't think it's that. I get the impression it's because these Americans are the ones that are working to put food on the table still, and they're also taking care of the grandchildren. Yeah, there's a lot of taking care of, right, you have two working parents yeah. or a single parent, and grandma and grandpa are if not the primary caregivers for that part of the day, but definitely a part of that equation, right? I know some families who it's like, well, they do a, a daycare two, three days a week. Right. On Tuesdays and, and Thursdays, grandma and grandpa mm -hmm. watch the kids. Yep, sure. And they're, you're, you're right. The other thing that fascinates me about that in terms of what it takes to keep and retain that talent, keep and retain are the same thing, 
to retain that talent, those people that they want in the workforce. Somewhere there's a sweet spot, right? Because I believe that good companies recognize that if they have a happy workforce who feels like they have a good work-life balance, that that workforce then is going to return that in productivity to the company, right? It's good for a company right. to have workers who are fulfilled in their jobs, but also have a work-life balance. Like that's that's a good sweet spot right there. We sort of shifted almost into opulence where everybody was trying to bring in young talent. And in order to do that, and we focus a lot on the big tech companies, your, your Twitters, your Googles and things like that. I always call them the beanbag sitters, <laughs> right? Because to attract these employees, you know, we had to offer these amazing workplaces that had the coffee bars and the beanbags and the ping pong tables. I mean, if you turn your business into a playground and then are is, upset is that people are on the slide right, all day, right. <laughs> like, I guess that's kind of on you. And what we've seen since then is a lot of the, these big companies are starting to realize that like, man, I got a lot of folks around here sitting around. And they're not as productive as I thought they would be. From the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. First of all, from 608, daycare is crazy expensive. Well, that's There's true. that part of the equation, Man, we too. spend tens of thousands of dollars on daycare. Just the amount of money my wife and I spend. And we and, and by the way, my, my in-laws, they helped watch the kids, too. But we still had a nanny and we had daycare and all that stuff. Crazy. Uh, here's one. How about people who don't have kids or grandkids? Can they get leave for their pets or their plants? No, I don't think that's going to be possible. Uh, here's one from the 414. It's work ethic. They're every day. They're reliable. Younger generation wants work schedule subservient to social schedule. See, I think that's interesting because I, I believe that to my previous point, more and more employers now, as things are tightening back up a little bit, are reevaluating who their valuable employees are. And you've got the boomers for sure and the, the front end of the Gen Xers who not only have a lot of institutional knowledge, but I think they're starting to see that's a different kind of work ethic. And this almost runs counter to that because you're saying, well, but to keep mm. them, then we have to offer this perk or this benefit. But they're saying, look, what can we offer to these folks to keep them here because they're that important to our workforce? Is that good, though? If I mean, and I'm not, not criticizing anyone who's worked, working well into their retirement years or whatnot. Uh, that's fine. But is that – could that – effectively have a negative effect on your productivity once they do retire at a later age. Well, if you do not have that younger workforce, that less experienced workforce working underneath that person. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, there's a, that's a natural evolution within a company that you hope you bring people through and there's a continuity to right. it, right? You were new here, you started at this level, you work your way up, et cetera, et cetera, and then you stick around. I, you know, I definitely think, though, you can be, if we're talking about retirees or, or, I mean, if you're talking about grandparents, you can be a grandparent in your 50s, yeah, right, and still want to work another 10 years. That's true. Well, good point. You're right. Grandparents doesn't necessarily mean retirement age. That's a good point. And then you got folks who are just, who not necessarily like feel they have to, but they want to keep working. How many people do you know who retired and then like unretired or retired for two years, went nuts and it's like, I got to have something. And maybe they re-enter the workforce fully or do other things as at least part-time work in there. Just sort of that anchor of like, nah, I still want to be part of something as, as a member of the workforce. The Department of Labor reports there are 10 million job openings in the country right now. And according to ARP, nearly four out of every 10 U.S. workers are more than 50 years old. That's interesting. 
This just in the Old National Bank talk and text line, which if you want to weigh in, 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. I work at a big Fortune 500 company in Milwaukee. I am a 20-year employee and feel they don't care about the older employees. It's the younger kids who get the raises to keep them around, Hmm. which is why I was fascinated by this story. Right, because I feel like that's the story we've been telling for so long. Right. And that maybe that's starting to shift. I hope it does for you, sir or ma'am. Right? Because you'd, you'd want that to happen. Sure, of course. Do you think it's practical? That's the other issue, though, with all of these things when we talk about flexibility in the workplace. We talk about people wanting to flex work, right? I want to work a couple days from home. You know, if you have to boutique your way through everything that happens with your workforce, that could be a challenge. The only reason I could see it being a problem is what I was asking for earlier, is whether or not if you cater too much to your more experienced employees, if that could come back to bite you once they finally do cut free and say, hey, look, I'm done. I'm, I'm calling it a career. Who's on the bench and who are we putting yeah, in right, next? Right? Right? As long as you have some kind of cycle through that, every company's got to deal with that, regardless of age, having that someone who's coming in being capable of doing the job. 821 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Please stop texting in the old National Bank talk and text line this statement. How you used to look at certain parts of the anatomy in the National Geographic. Yes, thank you. Everybody we, knows. We have gotten a lot of those. <laughs> right? Jeez. I didn't even bring it up. No, we didn't. <laughs> I'm on National Geographic magazine and unsolicited texts and reminders of yes. what you can see in the magazine sometimes. This, the old National Bank talk and text line is blessing and curse. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. What's the matter with you people out there? Yes, there were naked people in the National Geographic. <laughs> Bringing it up because Eric had the story earlier how, what, they're... No more staff writers for Nat yeah, Geo? it's kind of endangered. I mean, they still have Nat Geo, the channel, and all that stuff. So still, you know, the entity, the brand, will go on and on and on. But as far as the magazine goes, we could be getting near the end. And I told you, and I see, I knew people were going to think that. So my grandparents had every National Geographic over on the south side. They had a tiny little house in this attic area. And they had a couple of bookshelves, I think, and then some boxes and whatever. But as you would expect... They were all in order until my brother and I got up there and yeah. messed around in there and we're looking <laughs> dug at stuff. Dug around. Right? Yeah, dug around, pull this one out, pull that one yeah. out. But we had a couple of favorites. I can't remember which one he always liked to look at. There was an article in there that he would read over and over again. For me, it was the 1980, was it May of 1980, March? It was spring of 1980 when Mount St. Helens erupted. And National Geographic was the publication. I don't know if others had access to these f- photographs, but they had that shot-by-shot, second-by-second evolution of the eruption of Mount St. Helens when it blew out the side of the mountain. So how did they get that? that, Did they know or were we aware that Mount St. Helens was about to pop? Absolutely. And I remember this because I read this article. And then that encouraged me to continue researching even like as a kid that was something that i got interested yeah. in right so they yeah they knew there were um tremors there were small minor eruptions things like that the mountain was active as they say for weeks leading up to it the controversy over it was so many people that that live there are kind of like kind of like what you do if something's normal to you is like yeah yeah that's a thing yeah it right. happens sometimes okay and they started setting up evacuation zones and there were disagreements among geologists who were hmm. studying that 
And they wanted people out of there. This thing's going to blow. This thing's going to blow. This is what we're seeing. And other people who lived in the area, some of them chose not to evacuate. They're like, seen this before. Nothing's happening here. And we're going to be fine. And then the thing blew out the side of the mountain. Yeah. And I think it's a few dozen people who were killed. The uh, the National Geographic, what I always think of when I think of that magazine, though, is like the weight. Just like such a quality magazine and had so much like color and just so much information in it. Like I just remember the weight of it being something. Like when you'd get one, you wouldn't necessarily want to get rid of it. You, you wouldn't throw it in the recycling bin. You'd want to keep it. That's why I'm guessing your grandparents are the only ones that had stacks and stacks and stacks. It was like a library. It was, you know what it was? It was the poor man's encyclopedia. Right? <laughs> Although they were kind of phrased. Right. But it was, it was the Britannica. You could look up anything. You said you used to like, you had a, the index. So my brother. I don't remember this. My brother, um, I, we got him, I think, from my great aunt. So she also had tons of them that she kept from my great uncle who had since passed. And so we got him and we kept him in our room under his bed. He just had stacks and stacks and stacks of these. And uh, my brother actually got an index where you could, and it was a thick book and you could open it up and you could look up whatever, Mount St. Helens, and it would say it's. This year, this uh, issue number, this month. That's right, because they were all individually yeah. numbered, and it was, it was so, which was really cool. So then you could flip and look at it. So I would use it for like homework assignments. I'd yeah. go back and like I'd even cut them up a little bit and use them for like projects. Hey, that's supposed to cut them up. What's the matter with you? Well, it's for a project. Put them up. Put them on the poster board yes. for your little project. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yes, thank you. Right, Vince? I'm sure that it was you and your brother reading National Geographic for the articles. <laughs> Here we go. There are even more coming in now. Stop. Wow. <laughs> Starting to pick National up. Geographic could also be considered the poor man's playboy. No, come Stop. on, come on. <laughs> yes, there were pictures oft of native peoples. Was it that often? Yes, it was. I mean, I guess. Hmm. What was the one in Seinfeld? What what book did they have? Because that had some images in it. Was that the one that uh, that he brought into George brought into the bathroom, and then they made him buy it? Well, no, that was at the bookstore. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. This was the one where they didn't return it to the library, or but they did. Tropic of Cancer. That was the book. <laughs> okay. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yes. Lori and Fondelik says, I used Encyclopedia Britannica for homework. My mom's and dad's dated in the 40s. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I mean, some things didn't change, right? Like, anything that happened before that, that's mm-hmm. the history. So right. it's good enough for that. Got And actually, though... I preferred World Book because that had more pictures in it. And the articles and the things in the encyclopedia were like a little bit tighter. Sure, that's yeah, true. Yeah, we had Britannica. Yeah, if you wanted to get yep. brainy and stuff, that was the way to go, now, Britannica. Was, were the Britannica ones for specific years, Debbie? Uh, they did have your books, but World Book had the years. Okay. But yeah, the Britannica had like a separate section that was all years. I remember I, w- I would check out the dogs, believe it or not. They had a, a thick section of dog pictures. Yeah, here's the guy I was looking for. Prominent volcanologist David Johnston was killed in the eruption. The visitor's center there now is named in his honor. Right, I remember that. This was the guy, one of the guys who was insisting to all the people, to anybody who would listen, and he was kind of, to the locals, dingbat crazy because he was running around saying it's going to blow and nobody believed him. They would have listened to him, but he was killed. He was out there observing on that day. Something I learned in the National Geographic. 831 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
8.34 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eric's got a little bit more on the air quality situation here coming up in a moment. But definitely I was out in it for hours yesterday playing golf, but we were in carts, so it wasn't overly strenuous. Still a little something in the eyes, a little scratch in the throat yeah, this morning. You feel it? Could be the cause of my wicked bad headache, or that could be a lot of other things. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, expected to gradually improve through the day. One more thought on the National Geographic. This is Jeff and Fox Point. National Geographic made me want to get a fox, the actual animal, after I read an article predicting foxes would become common household pets in the distant future. No word on whether Jeff actually did get that fox. on Wisconsin's Morning News this Thursday morning, the relaunch of Summerfest. It'll be weekend two, day one. Gates open at noon today. Should look for the discounts. What are the discounts today? Because, as I say, if you pay full price to get into Summerfest, Eric... You're not working hard enough. No, it's not quite it. Just, it's, you didn't try very hard. You didn't try very hard. That's what it is. You'll get that quote down. Susan Kim never did. 15, 16 years I sat next to her on that desk saying the same thing. She never got the quote right. (laughs) I thought you were going to say she never got tickets. <laughs> she never got. <laughs> She'd always she always go by them. full price. <laughs> it is, uh, let me see, Throwback Thursday presented by Pick and Save. That means $5 admission and 50% off beverages from noon until 6 o'clock today. We don't have any sort of official word from Summerfest on how they're addressing the air quality issue. I mean, you have in tandem, and it's better today than it was yesterday and expected to continue to improve. But Especially last, with the rain that may roll through at times. That's 48 hours. We've had health experts telling people not to spend too much time outdoors. And so I was interested to learn from Summerfest whether they had at least discussed that. What are you talking about? Have performers asked you about, like, is, is my show on? Things like that. And uh, they did not offer any sort of comment on that, despite my reaching out. So I guess all I could tell you is noon today. And if you want to go, go. And if you don't, don't. I think I'm going today. Might go see Diggable Planets. 5.30 show. A perfect time for Yeah, right? It's perfect Eric time. Zipping on out of there when everybody else is coming for the late shows. I love coming to those late afternoon shows. They're my absolute favorite ones. Perfect spot for it. In the news this morning, Simone Biles is returning to competitive gymnastics, and that caught my eye for a number of reasons. Do we know any, anything more, Eric? Like, is she trying to make the Olympic team? Well, I guess, aren't you? I mean, ultimately, I think that's what she would hope she would lead to. I think there's world championships before that. The Olympics, yep. believe it or not, are right around the corner. Next summer already. Yeah. We Paris? had a delay. I think it's Paris, right. And we had a delay in the last one, so it, it's only been a few years. It's 2021, I want to say they did it, right? One of the great gymnasts of all time, and kind of a disappointing end to her career because her last Olympics, she got what, what did she call it? She had a... Twisties. The twisties, right? She kind of, things weren't right about how she was feeling on the various apparatus. And she actually dropped out of a number of events mm-hmm. and also revealed some mental health issues yeah. and things like that. And she didn't finish great. Not the way one of the greats of all time would have liked to have gone So out. why get back in then? I think it's interesting. You and I, because we do what we do and we're here in Wisconsin, our connection to the Pettit National Ice Center and also our connection probably more deeply with winter, the Winter Olympic Games. Sure. But we've had the opportunity to, to talk with, and, and many of us have because many of them still live in our communities, to talk with Olympians. Right? And over the years, I've gathered a few things from them that it is hard to get past what they had spent, in many cases, decades preparing for and participating in. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, take somebody like Bonnie Blair was in how many Olympics, right? right? And the 
the best of all time in her discipline, one of the great Olympians, period, of all time. For her to just check out at some point and be normal, which she super is, you know Bonnie a little oh, bit, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, she's great. She's just a normal person. Great You'd lady. never know. Yep, yep. Unless, unless she's up on the podium and speaking, then you know this is somebody who's done something amazing. She's a great public speaker. She has a great story. But if you're just chatting with her, she's just a regular old person. Mm-hmm. But for someone who has strived to be so super elite, to be the best in the planet at something, to then just one day when that last Olympics is over, just shut it down and now do something else? I suppose that happens too with other athletes too. Like, So what are you going to do? Yeah. If, that, if that's all you know, and I'm not suggesting she doesn't know how to do anything else, but I mean, she's been focused on being a gymnast for what, since she was two or three years old? I mean, that's just what she's been doing her entire life at an unbelievable level. And the elite of the elite. Everything is about that. So then to right? turn that off completely, she just got married, just moved to Green Bay. That's right. Her husband's going to play for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, there's only only so much time you can still compete. We've talked to Chelsea about that. Chelsea Memel, remember that? Yep. She even talked about maybe even... Getting back in. A late comeback of yeah. sorts to competitive gymnastics, not right. necessarily making the Olympic team, but still being out there and competing. You know, uh, I've, I've told this story before, but uh, one of our Olympians that I know who was in three Olympic games was a speed skater. And uh, I want to, I don't identify him anymore that beyond that, because I don't know, looking back, what conversations were to be shared and what weren't. So I'll sure. just, just say this. He just talked about when he was striving three olympics that's 12 years right there olympics alone plus the run-up to that Mm -hmm, so you're mm -hmm. looking at some 20 years probably where your eye on the prize eye on the prize olympic medal olympic medal olympic medal two decades day in day out every single day focused on that and he said when you're that person all the people in your orbit like they revolve around you everything revolves around me we eat when i want to eat we go where I want to go. We do what I want to do. When I want to work out, I work out. When I want to relax, I relax. Like So oh. everyone in the family has to yeah. abide by those schedules too? And if you're in this athlete's orbit, you know that going in. This person is singularly focused on that goal, right? And it's going to be about that person. And then your last Olympics or whatever that last competition is, and now you're just a guy. You're just a gal. Just somebody it's not all about you not anymore. about and now probably if you if you have a family as many you know olympians do as they get on like now it's like all right now it's time for me hey, time for the rest <laughs> yeah, of yeah, us give here. the spouse a little something and it's hard it's hard to just turn it off so i have great respect for how difficult that must be and if well someone who's got so much talent too like when you, she's still probably <laughs> one if not the best on the planet even now i don't know if she's been training or how much work Simone Biles has been doing to lead up to getting back into it now. But, I mean, you, you would like to think that it won't take her much to be right there elite again. Other thing you think about when we talk about to athletes of any kind, when they ponder retirement, you know, it's, it's about, like, you don't want to leave when you think, maybe I still had a little left in the tank. I mean, unless, you're, unless you just want to move on. I mean, unless you're Aaron Rodgers. Right. It, but m- many of them are, <laughs> yes, many of them are waiting to retire until they know, I can't do it anymore. And what is that line? And you never want to be out for a year and think like, man, I still had something to offer or be out and miss it. And then you have the comebacks and the other things like that. So I, I you know, deeply respect probably what that thought process is like and how, how tough it is to get back into that mindset now of, all right, here we go. Let's ramp it up again. Whether or not she makes world champ. Yeah. Worlds would be. That'd be first, right? And then first. the Olympics. I'm sure she could make it again. 
You think? Yes. Yes. I mean, automatic, yes. <laughs> yes. You think they're going to be like, sorry. Don't have the contest? Sorry, sorry Simone. I, I just said, uh, you don't have the credentials here. I'm sorry. Hey, man, you still got to score. You still got to go out there. So you got to win the competition. What do the rest of the gym think? Are they like, ah, oh, come on. Right. That's one less spot. Finally cleared the field for me. <laughs> Maybe have a spot. 846 on Wisconsin's Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Uh, Something to keep on your radar here. Supreme Court is expected to still issue by the end of the week. So you got today, you got tomorrow, a number of important rulings. What what is still left hanging out there? You have the student loan, uh, student loan debt forgiveness, mm-hmm. affirmative action of college admission, affirmative action, yep, whether or not colleges can use yep. race as a metric when they determine enrollment. There are others as well. There's an expectation that that ruling or some of those rulings could come down here fairly quickly here in the next 15 to 20 minutes. So right. If they are to be today, you would expect them in the morning. Mm-hmm. You don't think that they typically come out like in the afternoon, right? It's like right Right, around the 9 o'clock hour, our time. Boom, they're dropped. There's no big announcement. There's no unfurling. There's no news conference. Yeah, it just gets They're just released. They're posted. posted. Yes. So something to keep on your radar here just after 9 o'clock this morning. He walks out and he hammers it on the front door. Hear ye, hear ye, the high court of the land. (laughs) And then he reads all of the legalese. Has so ruled. In the case of Billstead v. Pancake. He reads the dissidents, then he reads uh, those in favor. Five eyes, four nays, <laughs> four dissents. And usually they have Sean Connery do that reading. No, I'm not involved in that in any way. <laughs> Speaking of which, then, Indiana Jones, they assure us it's the last one, is uh, out today. Now, it's supposed to be out, like, the official release date is Friday, but that does, what is that? Why don't they just say Thursday, then? Because the official release date is tomorrow, but it's in theaters at Usually 3 o'clock some, this afternoon. Sometimes they got some midnight showings on the Thursday, but here we got 3 p. 3 p.m. Huh? All right. I just check Let's Marcus go. Theaters. They have a bunch of 3 o'clock starts here in southeast Wisconsin for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Let's go! Didn't they used to do that at midnight? Yeah, yeah. right. It used yeah. to be. So it's yeah. kind of technically into tomorrow. Now it's like, ah, never Let's just do it a day early. Right. Which, fine. I'm glad we're getting it early, but I can't make it today. I'm kind of upset about that. Yeah, I mean, Probably we'll get there in a matter of days. No spoilers, people. Yeah, social. right. People have been really good about that, don't you think? Yeah, I think so for the most part. When you had the Star, War, you know, the Star Wars and the Top that Gun the and the others one. that have been coming out. Hmm. So, for for me, and I love indie, but I I've, I say they're batting five hundred with the franchise. Meaning two good ones, two bad ones. Yeah, one and three. Uh... Obviously, you got Raiders, and you've got the Last Crusade. No, Tem- Temple's a tie. Two, two, and one is the record. Temple's a tie? No, so it'd be two and two, two wins, one, and one. One loss, yes. one tie. Yes, thank you. The loss being the Crystal Skull. Yeah, that one was kind of mad. <laughs> I guess I should go back and watch it just to see whether or not I really do hate it. Although the Ant Hill scene was pretty epic. <laughs> That's right. It was memorable, yes. But it, you know what, though? That one did for me what a lot of these do for me. Whatever, it was more Indiana Jones. Fine. Fine, I want to go see it. I want to see him doing Indiana Jones things, yeah. saying Indiana Jones things. It's, it's the most and I'll iconic, filter out all the other crap. You could argue it's the most iconic film franchise in the history of movies. Indie? It's got to be up there in the in, in the it's team. It's up photo. there, but I don't know. It's if in it's the, the conversation, top. but it's okay. Star Wars number one, number one. No. All right. 
I suppose Star Wars. In the team photo, for sure. That fedora? Are you <laughs> yeah, kidding me? Like, you know sure. how much creativity and imagination exploded in my brain after seeing Raiders the first time? What's this one about? Dad told me you found something on a train during the war. A dial that could change the course of history. Why are you chasing the thing that drove your father crazy? Mentions in the trailers his goddaughter, so she would be the heroine, if you will, involved in this. So it's he and she teaming up to find the Dial of Destiny, which is apparently has some magic about it. Can change, you heard there, can change the course of history. Mm, okay. And guess what, Eric? They're not the only two looking for it. <laughs> There's a bad guy, a Nazi? Cool. Nazis are in it, for sure. Dr. Jones, get him. So they're involved in this one. They're out there looking for it. You stole it. Then you stole it. And then I stole it. It's called capitalism. Not even sure really what it does or in whose possession it is at the moment. But anyway, there's there's all of that mixed in. In terms of what to expect, I don't know. Like, we had Harrison Ford the other day after the UK premiere. Yeah. It makes the whole uh, five movies kind of feel the right length, uh, package. We, we know him from the beginning, you know, when he was about 40 years old, and we know him when he's 80 years old. So, does he even think it's any good? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. The first one, he was younger, and then we did another one, and then, on, then he got Ford. a little older. Now he's old. Come on, get me excited Anything? about it. I don't know. They so, asked me to do it. You all said I had to do it. Fine. Fine. Yeah, I give you one more. I Fine. expect I expect that uh, Indy is probably not in the best moment of his life, not in a good headspace, and then at the end of the movie has accepted his new reality. of. It seems like that because the trailer opens with an old Indiana Jones kind of sprawled out in an easy chair, kind of half asleep. Ah, okay. <laughs> there like, you go. Now nah, I'm done with this. There's got to be a lot of, I don't do that anymore. I don't chase things like that anymore. Why do you want to do I'm this? I'm supposed to retire. That's right. I'm retired from that. I don't care about it anymore, but then she pulls him back in. So Indiana Jones, as I mentioned, uh, 3 o'clock showtimes at a number of Marcus theaters in our area. If you want to be among the first to see it, hope you are. Report back to us on Wisconsin's Morning News. I've been looking for this all my life. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Just before 9 o'clock, Steve Scafidi on deck. I'm going to bring Greg Pancake Hill, producer of the program, in real quick. Made an awesome point about some of these reboots... These, you know, like the indie, what was it, Top Gun last summer? Star Wars. Uh, what are the... Uh, um, Jurassic Park. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Ghostbusters yep. had a little bit of it, too. The, the films that are to the theaters to see. Greg picked up on something interesting. Yeah, the best part about these, like, nostalgic releases are all the, like, symphonic, epic remixes of all of yes. these themes. Like, what you just bumped out of the last segment, the Indiana Jones one. It's this big, boisterous reimagining of the old familiar melody that everyone loves. Just slow it down a touch mm-hmm. and add a little something extra to really... <sighs> add some of those bass drops. The they did a lot of that yes. with Top Gun. The new Top Gun has a lot of that. And the uh, final Star Wars had bing, a lot, too. Bing, 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 
Yeah, bing, perfect. Bing, bing, yeah. Bing. And you immediately know. It could be up over a black screen. And it's yeah. like, I already you know, know what ab- this is for. Right. Chills right up the back. It's the right? best. Here, How about the fanfare g- for Star Wars? Yep. You want me to give you the indie finish to end? Yes. One more time. All right. Nine o'clock. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ. I've been looking for this all my life. Yeah, it was more like John Connery on Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) 